0: Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. Well, let's dive into the first lesson. I hoped to get to this yesterday, but we went so much deeper on the high tide concept, and that was so much fun. You know, the problem with it is, is that I can just, just, just wind me up and I can talk about the prophetic forever and ever and ever. And so, I can go off on many different bunny trails. I can expound by the spirit of God. It's one of my absolute favorite things to do is to teach. On the prophetic and so we're gonna get into this uh, tonight on prophetic protocols now some people would tell you oh we don't need prophetic protocols I don't know why you want to put restrictions on the prophets these are not my words the Bible says Paul said Do all things decently and in order. And so we need protocols. Otherwise, people don't know where the boundaries are. And so protocols are for safe, effective prophetic ministry. And, you know, at the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, a board on which I sit with Cindy Jacobs and Bishop Bill Hammond and James Gall and Jane Hammond, those types, um, Cindy said last year that we need to re- Well, take another look or reteach, teach again, the prophetic protocols that, you know, when Bishop Hammond and the early pioneers of the prophetic movement came about, there were all kinds of protocols. And I think perhaps some thought too many, too strict, but we have to understand they were birthing a thing and they didn't want the baby to get thrown out with the bathwater. There was so many people that were rejecting the prophetic movement that without a lot of guidance people would easily go astray and then offend half the body of christ but now what's happened is a new generation of prophets are rising up but they've not been taught some of the fundamental protocols that we all grew up with. You know, I'm coming, I'm sort of, you know, in between Cindy Jacobs and that younger uh, millennial generation. So I'm right in the middle, I'm Gen X. And so I was, I was, I learned this from the people who uh, went before me, but a lot of those who are coming after me haven't learned any protocols. And so, or not many. So I wrote a book and I'm going to teach you a little bit out of the book uh, right now, I'm gonna give you three of the prophetic protocols. And then, you know, as I answer Q&A and weave through different topics, I'll probably mention a few more. I have 101 of them. Oh, you're gonna freak out. Ah, it's too many. They don't all apply to every situation. The book is called Prophetic Protocols and Ethics, a handbook for accurate prophetic operations. So we wanna do and represent We want to do prophetic ministry accurately, and we want to represent Jesus rightly. And so if you portend, if you choose to actually prophesy and speak in the name of the Lord, I mean, you're speaking, thus say the Lord, even if you're not saying that you are speaking on behalf of God, you are saying that the words coming out of your mouth are the words that came out of his mouth, and you better commit to accuracy. As a matter of fact, that's one of the protocols in the book. Is committing to accuracy. So not every protocol applies to every situation. There are different protocols for, you know, um, dealing with leaders. There's different protocols when you're in different cultures. There's different protocols depending on whether you're uh, operating in the gift or the uh, office. There's different protocols that will relate to you if you've got a word of judgment, a word of correction. And so it's not as if there. These are these are like sort of situational ethics. Have you ever heard of that situational ethics uh, where you learn about how to respond rightly in different contexts and different situations? And so that's what the book is about. And it's really critical, I, I'm telling you, because I'm seeing so much and so are many other elders in the prophetic, seeing so much out there that is just it's 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 off, or it's 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 a good word, but it was delivered in a wrong way. There's no diplomacy, there's no love in it. It's just some of this is harsh, some of it is not even God. And so Uh, we're gonna get into just a few of these and you can get a copy of that book. It's on Kindle, on Amazon, um, but hopefully by the time you watch this video, it'll be in paperback in Amazon. I have the copies in my hand. So if you can't find it anywhere else, go to my website at jenniferleclair.org and find it there. Uh, So let's get into this then. Now you've got the preface, you've got the reason, you've got the understanding for the protocols. And I'm going to try to keep this little shorter in this first section, so we can get on to another one. But guys, I'm t- if you're operating a prophetic ministry, I'm not just saying this because I wrote it. You need this book. You need to get the book now, seriously. You need to just order it or pre-order it or put it on backstop. Do something. Get it in your hands because you can lose credibility. Uh, by operating outside the boundaries that are accepted, the prophetical ministry, prophetical, 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 prophetic ministry. It'd be as if a doctor went rogue and just started practicing all these, um, you know, surgeries that were not approved by the FDA. Then they lost their credibility with their peers, you know, and, and, and I don't pretend to have all the answers or to know all the rules, but these are things in the book that I've been taught. And here's, here's a few. Let's get into this. I told you, just wind me up and I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. All right. So do, we're going to talk about a do. Let's see if I have a don't. I have a do, I have a don't. I have two don'ts and a do. The The book is full of do's and don'ts. So it's not just don'ts, it's do's. All right. Do share the revelation in the right timing. Do share the revelation in the right timing. So you may have heard it said, timing is everything. And that can be especially true in prophetic ministry. So a right word released at the wrong time may not be received well at all, or it may be rejected fervently. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for every matter, every purpose under heaven. Guess what? That includes prophecy. Okay? And if you've ever had to give bad news to someone, you know the importance of timing. I mean if you can help it, you don't want to give bad news to somebody who's already having a really bad day. And that's because, you know, their perspective uh, could be clouded and it may just take them into a tailspin. Now, really there's never a good time for bad news, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, guys, you want to ask your girl to marry you at the right time, right? Not when she's distracted, mad at her mother, you know, angry with her employer, she just got fired, whatever. That's not the most receptive time. You know, it's not the time she's going to be most receptive. You know, come on, wives, you know, you don't want to tell your husband bad news when he's already had a really rotten day at work. He came home already ruffled. That's not the time to tell him that the plumbing needs repairs. You understand? So there's a timing. There's a timing. Timing is critical. And the prophetic, sometimes you have to be patient and wait for the right time to deliver a prophetic revelation, a time when a person seems ready to receive it does that make sense if they're not gonna if not able to receive it don't waste the opportunity because they might you might never get another opportunity they might write it off you know you gotta you gotta use the wisdom of the Lord timing can be both a science and an art so ask the Holy Spirit about the timing to release important prophecies dreams visions encounters Wait, you, you know, I used to be called when I was a journalist, they called me the good timing girl because I had good the good timing, good transitions in my writing. It's the same way with the prophesy. Got to be right on time. You don't want to be late either, right? You'll be late. If you're late, you you, you know, you, you told them too late and now the word is already, you know, it's too late. <laughs> All right, it's too late. Proverbs fifteen twenty three: a word spoken in due season, how good it is. So you want to speak your prophecies in due, in due season. Proverbs, uh, uh, another one says, um, you, you could reverse it. In other words, to say a word spoken out of season, how bad it is. And you can release a good word at a bad time and have terrible results. The dream, the vision likewise must wait for the appointed time of release. I want to share with you a couple more translations of this verse, Proverbs 15, 23. Look at this. I want to read this to you. How good it is. Oh, wait, How good is a timely word. That's the NIV. The New Living Translation says, It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. That includes prophecy. The Berean Study Bible says, How delightful is a timely word. And the International Standard Version says, a well-timed word is a good thing. Now, one more scripture. Move on to the next one. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. So ask God to give you good timing. He is the creator and the master of time. And he knows when someone's heart is ready to receive a prophetic word. Does that make sense? You deliver the word in the wrong timing, they brush it off, they reject it. You got to deliver it in the right time. All right. Number two, don't practice ambiguous prophecy. Don't practice ambigu- ambiguity in the prophetic. In fact, work to avoid ambiguity at all turns. When we're ambiguous, it means that we're speaking something that is capable of being understood in two or more possible senses or ways. And it's true that sometimes prophecies can have more than one level of meaning. I mean, we know that the word of God itself uh, can have, you know, levels of meanings. It means one thing to you now. And then five years from now, you see a deeper meaning. It always meant the same thing, but we understand it in degrees of revelation. Does that make sense? Let me put it to you another way. Don't offer prophetic words that are mystical, mystical, super spiritual, or so ambiguous that it leaves someone confused. They came for a word, and now they walked off more confused than when they came to the prayer line. So God, 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And the Holy Spirit may speak at times in parables, he can do that, but he has the capability to speak expressly. So we don't want to leave somebody so confused that they're just, you know, discouraged. Personal prophecy, listen, personal prophecy that intends to edify, comfort, and exhort needs to be plain, not cloaked in, oh, spooky, spooky, mysterious language that leaves the person with several potential interpretations. They don't know what it means. They don't know how to uh, apply it. They might as well just stick it on a shelf, and maybe one day they'll figure it out. That's not the thrust of our ministry. We want people to be encouraged. We want them to know what God is saying, or at least know in part, Right. And what, we don't want to we don't we want we want people to walk away edified, not exasperated, exhorted, not irritated, you know, comforted, not confused. An ambiguous prophetic word is one that's obscure. It's in and indistinguishable. It's inexplicable. And most true prophecy is not ambiguous, though it may be parabolic. But remember, when Jesus spoke in parables, he intended his disciples to understand what he was talking about. Matthew 13, 11. Jesus told them it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. All right, let's do one more of these before we move on to the next, uh, the next section of our teaching. Number three, don't move. Be- now understand that in the book, we've got a lot of deeper protocols, but because I don't know what level you're on, I don't want to give you the protocols for prophets. If you're not a prophet, cause you'd be like, so I'm just giving you a taste. Most of you probably are not prophets. And you need to understand as you engage in prophetic ministry, some of these simpler protocols. So, so I tried to pick ones that would apply to everybody and that you wouldn't have to be a, in a certain situation. I didn't, I didn't include the situational protocols because I can't imagine that most of you are going to get in. Uh, there's not enough of a common denominator. I wanted to give a broad brush. Number three, don't move beyond your prophetic anointing. Uh, don't move beyond your prophetic anointing. For example, if you're not a 5 prophet, listen, if you're not a 5 prophet, please do not practice giving people directional words, highly, highly directional words. You're going to move to California next week. Don't do that in a personal prophecy setting. In a personal prophecy setting, stick with edification, exhortation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians 14.3, let's look at the passion translation of that. So look at the passion translation of that. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people to build them up and to bring them comfort. The anointing on a believer to prophesy works within these bounds. Now, if you're a prophet, you can prophesy highly directional words. And I've got two or three protocols about that in the book. So the prophet's anointing does extend to include weightier words for individuals, churches, regions, and nations, including directional words. And at times, even words of rebuke. I feel like rebuking somebody now. Can I rebuke? I'm just kidding. (laughs) If you're not a seasoned prophet, you should really avoid highly directional words that could take someone's life off course. You're responsible for your utterance. And I'm not saying that never, 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 never can God use you to give a directional word. I'm just saying it's not in the bounds of the simple gift. So if you're not a prophet, God's probably not going to use you, at least not very often, to prophesy that way. You're responsible to the Lord for your utterance. You speak it in his name. And we don't want to overthink it. That's another protocol. Don't overthink it. But we also don't want it to be uh, presumptuous. All right. God's grace is sufficient for every believer to move in the simple gift of prophecy. That means you, you can prophesy, but trespassing into a fivefold office for which you're not anointed can really cause a lot of trouble. The anointing is to serve others. The grace is for you to operate in the anointing, but there is no grace to operate in an anointing that God did not give you. Does that make sense? Of course, God can anoint again, any believer to prophesy beyond the first Corinthians uh, 14, three bounds you shouldn't presume to do that without a strong unction. One of the things I'm seeing in the prophetic um, among those who have not been trained is presumption because they don't know. It's not they're bad people. They're not false prophets, but they're presumptuous. Therefore, what happens is they end up hurting people. And we want prophetic ministry that is safe and effective. If it's effective but not safe, it's not a good way to practice prophetic. Okay, and so, again, get this book. It's called prophetic ethics and uh, prophetic protocols in ethics. There's some other ones out there that are called prophetic protocols. There's one in particular. I'm not going to name a name, but just please be careful who you're learning from. Uh, There's a few out there, and I don't know all of them, but there's one in particular uh, that's very similarly titled to mine, and it's just uh, not it's not accurate. So please be careful, and uh, when you're you know find reputable people to learn from. Uh, You can take our school of the prophetic. School of the Prophetics at of the, the School of the Seers, School of Prayer and Intercession. It's all there for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or sow into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. you have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper?